0: Welcome
1: to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast-creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Deborah Woodson sharing her two home births,
0: one, an unexpected, peaceful, unassisted birth, and the other,
1: precipitous and powerful. We are grateful to hear her truth today. Hello, Deborah. Welcome to the show. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family?
0: Sure. Um, I'm currently 30. Um, My husband's 31. Uh, We're originally from Boston, Massachusetts. We've been married for, we just hit five years in August. Um, And so we began our parenthood journey uh, when I was 27. Um, We got married in 2017 and we talked about family planning and Um, multiple times, like we kind of thought that, you know, it would be good if we just spent the first year of our marriage, you know, really enjoying it, getting to know each other deeper. I mean, we've known each other since we were 13, but, you know, we're still constantly discovering ourselves in different situations and in different stages in our lives. So we decided that um, for the first year of marriage or so that we would kind of just want to just, um, you know, be kid free and really enjoy our marriage. And so that's what we did for the first year. And then around um, after the year mark, um, we started talking about, you know, thinking about having a family and starting a family, because that's something that we both wanted and both want. Um, And so we started talking about it. I decided to start getting my health in order because, you know, I graduated college in 2014, and after that, you just jump into a job. And you're eating junk food, you're a little lot less active in front of a desk. So I, you know, decided to, you know, get myself in order. I started to get a little healthy, eating better, working out. Um, and I I lost a significant amount of weight, which was, I think was necessary. Um, although I am super tall, you know, carrying excessive weight on top of being pregnant can be a lot. So I was really, really mindful of that. Um and so we started trying willy nilly and we were using like an app that told us like, you know, when you should the window. But it didn't really work, actually, to be honest, which was so interesting. Like the first few months, I was like, you know, I started to think, is there something wrong? I'm, you know, the app tells me I'm supposed to be ovulating somewhere around this time. Why isn't it working? And I happened to jump on YouTube and came into this whole new world about how to track your ovulation and how to test and stuff like that. And so the first month we actually did that was um, February, 2019. Um, And that was like my first, our first time actually trying intentionally with testing. And um, that first month we got pregnant and it was interesting how I got pregnant because at that time I was traveling a lot for work. Um, And so obviously finding that, that window was a little bit hard, but I happened to have been home that time and we baby danced. And I was away and had brought in some um, pregnancy tests with me. And I think it was about eight days past ovulation. I'll probably say 8 DPO at this time. So 8 DPO and obviously super anxious. So I tested and of course it was negative. You know, it was a cheap little Amazon test. You know, they're not super reliable early early on. And so I was, I was kind of bummed um, or maybe it was 8 or 9 DPO. I think it was somewhere around there. Um, And so that Friday, I flew home, I picked my husband picked me up from the airport. And he was like, you know, let's go get some drinks. But actually, you should probably test. And I'm like, I told him, I was like, I tested the night before it was a negative. I highly doubt that I'm pregnant. I don't feel anything. Um, One thing that I would note is that like, I kind of felt um, when I was traveling was every day at 2pm, I started to get like this wave of exhaustion. And that never really happened, but I just chalked it up to me traveling. Um, and then one day I was walking past a copy machine and I got the biggest, like the strongest scent of like copy uh, or you know ink. And I was just like, dude, I've never smelled something so strong before in my life. But I, you know, I just chalked it up. I would never been pregnant before. Um, and so we got home that night. He was like, just go take a test. And I was like, all right, I'll just go take one really quick. I took it, put it on top of the toilet, forgot about it. I think I came back like two to three minutes later, looked at it and at first it looked negative. I just picked it up and then I saw like a faint line and I was like, oh my. And I called my husband and I was like, like, you have to see this. Like it's the tiniest little line, you know, we're squinting, we're looking under every light. And he's like, no, I see it. And the minute he saw the line, he started running up and down um, screaming, I'm gonna be a daddy, I'm gonna be a daddy. And I think I forgot to mention at this point, we had just moved back into my parents' house. Um, my husband was applying for a new jobs. So we were planning to move out of state to um, the DMV area. So we were living at my parents' house at that time. And I was like, "Yo, sh- I don't want my parents to hear if, you know, we're not even sure if this is like for sure that it's positive. So, but he was, he was super excited. Um, and so the next day we're like, okay, we'll go to the store and get like a real first response test or a real, a real test. And we'll determine for sure if we're pregnant. Um, The next day I had a baby shower, I was helping a friend plan, I was helping plan a baby shower for a friend, Um, and that whole day I was just rocked with exhaustion, it was real crazy, Um, and my husband picked me up afterwards, um, after the baby shower, and we went to CVS or Walgreens and picked up some tests, and, which was funny, right when we got home I didn't even test, I was so tired, I just went to sleep, and I woke up around 5pm, I took the test, flipped it over, And then I think after a couple of minutes I flipped it and it was, there was no denying it. I I was a hundred percent pregnant and it was, it was super exciting. Um, But I would say like, yeah, the, my, my pregnancy was pretty uneventful. um, And it was um, praise the Lord. i like, I luckily did not have any um, nausea or anything like that. It was really, really uneventful. um, And instantly uh, before I even knew I got pregnant, um, I knew that if I ever were to get pregnant, I most likely would have done a midwife or look for a midwife um, and hopefully do a a home birth. Um, So that was never a question in my mind of what I wanted to do. But I think with this first pregnancy to establish care, I went to my OB, you know, we did, um, we established, you know, care, got the first ultrasound. And then I ended up, we ended up moving when I was eight weeks pregnant to uh, Maryland uh, which was crazy. You know, we're moving away to a place where we don't really have any family. Uh, my twin sister had just moved down here. I would have said, I think she moved down here a year prior. So she was like pretty much the only real family that we had down here. So we're moving nothing. We've never really lived in a never, another state before, you know, no real family down here. So it was, it was an interesting time. Um, and so like throughout my whole first pregnancy, um, first trimester. I traveled a lot. Like I think almost every single week I was traveling about four to five days, um, which was, you know, obviously with being tired, it was annoying, but luckily I wasn't sick. So it wasn't too bad at all. Um, and so I think around 14 weeks, I ended up finding, or I was started to look for a midwife and I interviewed a few and there was just one that I interviewed with and we just clicked completely. Um, I, my husband, he grew up pretty medicalized. Um, I, my parents were Caribbean, so my parents are from Haiti. So, not all the time, the first response that we always do is go to the doctor or hospital. You know, we try natural remedies first. And so, like, we didn't grow up as medicalized as my husband did. And so, when I brought up um, wanting to do home birth, he was like, "Absolutely not! Like, I'm not getting into your hippie stuff. Like, you're 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 crazy." Um, and so, you know, it took some time, like I had him watch, um, the business of being born and he, he, after watching that, and, you know, we read several things, just about articles about, you know, women of color, sometimes not having the best outcomes, you know, in a hospital setting, or even sometimes in more medicalized settings, OB's doctors. And I knew that was the case. Cause I had an OB, um, at the beginning of this pregnancy. And every time I would go to the OB's office, um, I would always, they would always tell me that I had high blood pressure. And I, and I realized that about myself is that anytime I'm in a situation where I'm around white coat, yeah, I get really, really nervous. I get scared. I start to sweat and it comes off. Like, obviously I have high blood pressure, which my norm isn't. And I knew that if I'm going to go down this journey of doing natural birth, um, I definitely will need to be somewhere where I feel comfortable and at ease. And if I'm in a hospital setting, my body's just going to shut up, like really kind of shut down or even tense up. And that's not ideal for if you want to do a natural birth. So those were like the biggest reasons um, around us looking at um, doing a home birth. And we clipped with this midwife that we found down here. And she was great. We, um, I, the whole time throughout my pregnancy, I think up until 28 weeks, I was doing joint care. So I, I saw my midwife and then I would also see my OB, which I, I knew I wasn't going to go through with the OB, but um, I just kept it for extra care and monitoring being as it was my first. And I really didn't know what was going on. Um, yeah. But other than that, it was, it, it was a super uneventful pregnancy. Um, and I think around towards the end of my pregnancy, you know, just getting sluggish and being tired. Um, my mom, she, for half the year, she'll typically live in Haiti and then she'll come back. Um, and so at this time she was in Haiti and she ended up coming back around when I was about 38 weeks um, to come stay with us. And she was gonna stay for the first month of the baby's birth, um, after the baby's birth, so she can help us out, which was um, such a blessing um, to be able to have that extra support. Um, and I remember, I think um, around thirty eight weeks, I started to really feel really anxious about um, just the start of labor. We took birth classes, we um, we did the twelve week Bradley method. Um, and throughout that class, people would give their some people who were second time parents or even our teacher would tell us, you know what signs we should expect when it comes to labor. Um, and I think that was the biggest fear of just feeling like, oh, I'm going to miss the signs. And then one day I'm just going to be in like full blown labor and not know. And that was kind of really, um, nerve wracking for me. And I think around like, um, I also had big fears about having a big baby, um, I felt like I was I was looking huge. My husband, he was born at 36 weeks and he was eight pounds. So like I was already terrified of like, I'm going to have this massive baby, Um, which, you know, we were you'll you you know, you end up working through the fears. But that was a big thing for me. Like if I have a massive baby, I'm just not going to be able to push it out. And that's that was so scary to me. Um, but around that time, I, I think I asked a lot of my friends who had kids and family and I would ask them and be like, what does a contraction feel like? Some people described it as pressure or like tightening. And I remember, um, I think a few days before I went into labor, I had gotten my nails done. And I was talking to my nail lady and she was like, oh, you'll know you're in labor. Cause it's going to feel, it starts off like Braxton Hicks. And I was like, okay. So I was sitting, waiting for those signs. I'm like, if I start having like Braxton Hicks repeatedly, I know I'm in labor and of course that's ex- that's not how labor started for me and i was waiting and holding on to those signs um but on november 17th um i was 40 weeks and about 2 days um when i hit 40 weeks i was like oh my gosh the baby's still not here like we need to like start thinking of ways to get the baby out which is you know stupid because you can never plan when a baby's going to come out um but my midwife had come to see me. I think right b- a few days before I was 40 weeks, checked me out, and she was like, "I hope you don't go into labor today because I'm going to be out of town for a couple of days, but I'll be back." Um, and I was like, "Okay, hopefully I don't go into labor." Um, but uh, yeah, when I was 40 weeks in two days, um, it was a sun. It was a Sunday, and I had a birth. My one of my second to last sessions for my birth class, and that morning I woke up and. I think I'd woken up around four to five o'clock in the morning, maybe six. And I went to the bathroom to pee and I noticed my underwear felt soaking wet, Um, but I was still pretty tired. I was like, okay, um, I don't know. You know, you're at the end of pregnancy. Everything's always juicy down there. So like, I just, you know, ignored it. (laughs) And um, I went and I changed my underwear and I went back to bed I went to sleep for another couple of hours. And I think we I woke up again at, eight o'clock, went to the bathroom. And again, my underwear felt wet. And at this point I'm like, oh, that's kind of really weird. So I changed my underwear and I got into bed and I I shifted and I felt a little, like almost water, like a little bit of water squirted out. And my husband was still sleeping and I went and talked to my mother and I was like, I feel like, I don't know if my water broke. Um, You know, How do I know that I'm in labor? And my mom, she's had four kids all natural twins, me, me and my twin sister are like, I'm like, you've had all of these natural. And I asked her, how do you know you're in labor or how does contractions feel? And she said, all she said to me was when you're in labor, you'll know. And that was the most frustrating thing I'd ever heard in my entire life. I was just like, okay, you clearly know nothing. <laughs> and so like my, my mom's like, I'm not sure you, maybe your water broke, um, you know, um, eat something in case, you know, it's labor starting. So I ate um, some oatmeal that morning and instantly after I ate that oatmeal, I puked, which was so weird because that's, I've never not puked. I never puked once this whole pregnancy. So I went and called my midwife, I think sometime around 9. a.m., And I told her what was going on. And she um, was like, if it's not coming out, like leaking constantly when you're standing, try putting a pad on, go on your, um, Bouncy ball, or or go take a walk. And if you come back and the pad is not soaking wet or it's not wet at all, um, maybe you just a little bit of water released and it got sealed. Um, So we did that for a few hours. We went for a long walk. We did the ball and I got back, and of course, nothing. The pad was completely dry, which was discouraging. And I just spent the rest of the day sleeping. I didn't even, I skipped going to my birth class. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm just way too tired. So we just spent the whole day just hanging out and relaxing. Um, And my mom that whole day had a really, really bad stomach ache. And she kept telling me, you're going into labor today. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Clearly, like, my water didn't break. I feel nothing. I feel actually. Better than I felt like, you know, the other days aside from feeling tired. And she was like, fine, whatever you say. I was like, yeah, you don't know anything. I'm clearly not going into labor. Um, and around like, I think 8 or 9 p.m. that night, um, my twin sister stopped by just to see how we were doing with her husband. And um, when she she stayed for a little bit and she was like, you know, clearly you're not in labor. Um, she was like, I'm leaving now. You better not go into labor like the minute I leave. And I was like, I highly doubt that. So she left and then I told my husband, I'm like, you know, let's just walk. Cause we lived in an apartment at that time. And I'm like, let's just walk around the apartment. Um, we'll do the stairs. Um, see if anything will get started. I walked like there was nobody's business, like running up these stairs, like trying to see if something would happen. Absolutely nothing. I like completely felt normal. So around 11, I was like, you know, let's just call it a night. I'm going to go to, let's just get ready for bed. Like clearly nothing's happening. Um, and so I turned on my um, diffuser. I think I, had, I was diffusing Clary Sage because I had read online that that could help. Um, and so I was sitting on my bed. Um, we were watching a show and then I was doing my deep breathing exercises. And then out of nowhere, I heard a pop. Like I will go to my grave saying that I heard this pop. My husband says that he'd never heard it, but I'm assuming it's an internal pop that you hear. And I was like, what is that? So I went, I got up and I went to the bathroom and it was my mucus plug. It completely came out full. And I was like, I know for sure this is about to start. And I started to instantly get um, about every two to three, maybe two to five minutes, I would get contraction, I mean, a contraction. And at that point, I knew what my mom meant. Like when you're in labor and when you have a contraction, you'll know. And there was no question about it. I knew exactly what it felt like. Um, which I think it's so interesting. Our bodies prepare us for this our whole lives. We get period cramps. And to me, it felt exactly like a period cramp, but intense, more intense. And I knew exactly what it was. And it was the most bizarre experience or feeling. Um, But yeah, this was sometime around like 1130, I think by now. And um, I went and I told my mom and she was like, yeah, you're probably just about getting started. Um, She's like, try and get some rest. And I was, I was like, all right, I'll do that. So I went and ta- I called my midwife and I let her know. And she was like, you know, I don't want to get you disappointed because sometimes your mucus plug can come out and it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to start labor, but let's just start monitoring um, how you feel. Because I told her I was starting to feel really kind of intense contractions. And she mentioned that sometimes when your mucus plug comes come out, it can cause you to have some contractions, but it may not mean that you're in labor. Um, she advised that I go take a soak in the tub and um, see if I can see if the, con- the contractions continue. And if they didn't, then, you know, go to bed and get some rest. Um, by 12 or 12, 15, 1230, I was starting to really have bad contractions. Um, and for some reason, um, me and my husband will we'll talk, we'll talk about this quite often, knowing that I was in labor we, for some reason, never put, started to put our home birth plan into action. We, I, I think I had the assumption that just like every first time mom, that labor will take somewhere between 24, maybe even 48 hours. So I, in my mind, I thought we had plenty of time. So we really, we really did not start getting the birth pool ready, getting our stations ready, everything that I dreamed that I would need for my labor. We did none of that. Um, after I soaked in the tub, my husband suggested that we go and take a nap. And one thing I want to mention, which is going to play a part later in the birth story, is that my husband has—he um, has really bad allergies. Um, he's allergic to quite a few things, and he does have a lot of allergies. And earlier that night, right before we went to bed, he had taken a Benadryl because he was feeling really itchy. Um, which, so he was starting to feel tired. I was like, "All right, let's go take let's go take a nap." And when I started to lay down with him, I instantly started getting really, really bad um, cramping. And I'm like, I I feel really uncomfortable. I'm probably gonna get in and out of bed. So I told him to go take, go sleep on the couch while I just kind of like deal with my body emptying itself like (laughs) this whole time. And so he went to go sleep on the couch and I was in our bedroom, um, in and out of bed, going to the bathroom. Uh, You know, my body was basically preparing for labor. Um, and the whole time I was in um, going through this, not once did it click in my mind that I should probably alert the midwife, which I was supposed to, you know, follow up with her after midnight to let her know if the contractions had gone away. But for some bizarre reason, I didn't. We, I don't know. I, I think the minute I went into labor, my whole Mind shut down, and it's the weirdest thing. I can't explain it. Like I literally just went inside myself, and everything else was no longer relevant to me. Um, you know, my birth plan was, uh, you know, to have my my mom present, um, my twin sister present, and obviously my husband. Um, but obviously, the whole thing changed, <laughs> and. Um, So I labored by myself from about, I think, 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. I spent the whole time between sitting on the toilet because that was the most comfortable position. And obviously, if you sit on the toilet, it's going to progress your labor quite quickly. So I was on the toilet, off, walking back and forth, Um, just spent a lot of the time in prayer praying because I – it was – Nothing that I expected it to feel like. And I remember thinking a few hours into labor, if this is going to be 24 hours, 48 hours, there's no way I'm going to make it because this is not what they explained to me in birth class. In birth class, they said, you know, contractions will start. They're somewhere between 10 to 15 minutes apart. And, you know, it'll gradually increase as you get further along. And I'm only three hours into labor and I'm having contractions every two to three minutes, lasting anywhere from a minute to a minute and a half. And in my mind, I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to make it for the next 24 hours. Um, and at one point I went, I, like, I was like thinking irrationally and I'm like, I remember, you know, when I have my period and it's really, really bad. One thing I take is Tylenol and it makes the cramps go away. This will help stupid. I went and grabbed Tylenol thinking that it was going to work like some kind of magic epidural or it was going to work like it was going to remove the pain. It it didn't. And I remember at that point, because my husband saw me come out into the living room area and he was like, what are you doing? I was like, nothing, go back to sleep. I'm fine. And I went back into the room and one contraction I was having, I was, uh I was really close to throwing in the towel. And I remember I was thinking I'm about to start packing my bags because I'm going to go to the hospital and get an epidural because this isn't normal. But I, in my whole mind, I kept thinking, I don't think anyone's going to believe me that I might be further along than I really am being as a first time mom. Um, And I think that's kind of that's, it's a, it's a weird feeling to feel like you might not people, someone might not believe you when you know what you're feeling on the inside. Um, So I, you know, I kind of kept, kept to myself. I retreated back into myself. My mom kept looking at me and she was like, you're about to have this baby soon. And I'm like, no, it's not possible because we've only been at this about, I would say about three and a half hours now. It's not possible. Um, And then at 4 a.m., I I was laying down, um, and I instantly had, had my eyes closed, and I started to feel the spins, almost as if, you know, if you get drunk and you go to sleep, you get those spins. And I jumped out of bed and barely made it to the toilet, and I threw up everywhere. And at that point, that's when I really recognized that I think I'm at the end or I'm at least progressing further than I think I am. And I went and I grabbed my mom, and I told her, I was like, can you go clean the bathroom? I just threw up. And she gave me this look of, did you call the midwife? And I was like, no. And she's like, Debbie, I know when someone throws up in labor, it, you're, you're close. And my body instantly started to shake at this point. And, I'm, and I got my husband up and he's confused. He's still feeling groggy. Um, and he was shocked about how many, how, how many hours had passed since... Um, since I, he had gone to the couch and he was asking me what's going on. I'm like, you know, you need to call the midwife. I think she needs to get here. Um, so he calls her and he's not really understanding where I am. I think he was telling her that I was just starting to feel some contractions. So um, rightfully so, I can hear her giving him advice, but I could hardly speak myself. And I could hear her saying, if she's okay, then, you know, have her go take a, go try and get some rest if it's going to be long or, you know, get her something to eat and obviously like i I'm, i don't falter for this at, or for her you know giving that recommendation given that she probably didn't she really didn't know where i was or she wasn't hearing me and i remember listening to the conversation and my whole body was starting to get covered in goosebumps i was shaking and i was starting to sweat profusely and in hindsight obviously i know that i was hitting transition but at that point i really had no idea what was going on and my mom was looking at me. I'm like at the counter hanging on. And my husband tries to throw a blanket on me. And I think I turned into a demon. I was like,
1: don't touch me. Rightfully so. And You're he, sweating.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't need a blanket.
0: <laughs> at this point, I'm like telling my husband and my mom, I'm like, barely getting out directions. And I'm like, you get the bed ready. <laughs> you go clean up the throw up. <laughs> and um, and I went into our other half ba- or our, our guest bathroom, and I was sitting on the toilet in the dark. And I'm thinking, Lord, I don't think I'm gonna make it through this. And my husband said he could hear me from this bathroom, and he said it was tribal, almost like deep moaning sounds he'd never heard before in his entire life he's like at this point i was a little scared and i could see him walking past back and forth he he definitely was nervous um he started to watch videos about how to assemble the birth pool i'm like and i'm and i'm thinking this this guy he he doesn't know what he's doing and um at this point i was like i I, i'd stripped naked and i was like i i I have to go take a i'm gonna go take a shower Um, just to see if I can even out these contractions because they were at this point on top of each other and they were lasting um, a minute and a half. And the minute I got into the shower, I think this is what saved me. (laughs) Uh, Literally, I felt everything melt away. Um, The water was hitting my back. Um, I was swaying side to side. And that was the most clarity I had in my whole labor. Suddenly my whole head felt clear. Like I could see what was around me um, I could hear everything that was going on. And I just felt in tune with myself. And I was standing there. I went through a couple of contractions. And then I could feel the the water. I guess the drain had clogged or had went down. And I could feel the shower getting filled up in the bathtub. And my, it was, it at this point, had gone up to about my ankles. And I had one contraction that brought me straight to my knees. And I had, that was when I experienced my first, Pushing contraction, and I didn't realize what it was. It uh, one way I explained it to one of my my sisters was it felt like a reverse throw up feeling, like you can't prevent it, but it was just like your body just in tune, like it just does it itself. Like, and I did I did it once, and I was like that was weird. And I went and I tried to touch, and I was like, am I swollen or? is that something that I feel down there? And I, and I really wasn't sure. So I was just like laying there and I was just touching and I was like, that. you know, that, I don't, I think I might be swollen. I'm like laying there and I had another pushing contraction. And, it, you know, at this point when you're, when you have those like pushing contractions, I was making sounds with it, grunting sounds. And my mom happened to pass by and she opens the curtains and she says, Debbie, are you okay? And I was like, yep, I'm fine. And I closed that curtain. And I think at this point, I was like, you know, if this is the baby coming, I feel fine right now by myself. And then I heard my mom run and she said, Debbie's pushing. And then I heard, I could hear, I heard my husband drop something and it went silent. And I, I he grabs the phone and he calls the midwife. He's like, Deborah is pushing. And this at this point, he had it on speakerphone. And then I heard my midwife go silent and she says, where's deborah and he's like she's in the tub and she's like okay if she's okay that's fine all right let's try and see if we can get her out of the tub um and maybe you can get her on the bed and um to help y'all she's like i may miss the birth but mike you're gonna know what to do don't you don't need to be scared um she's like i'll be on the phone and i'll guide you through um and so mike came into the bathroom and he was helping me out of the tub and i was like I was like, babe, can you look? Like, is it just me or I feel swollen? Am I swollen or is that the head? And so he peeks under and he was like, That's the head. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and <laughs> and for some reason, like these contractions, I don't know if it's because, like, obviously, you're doing more motion when you're when you start getting these pushing contractions. It didn't hurt at all. This was the point in my labor that I had experienced no pain at all, um, which I was so grateful for because the whole beginning of my whole labor, I I thought I was in the worst pain possible. Like I thought I was going to die. And this whole part felt like the most painless. Um, And so when I got on the bed, this midwife suggested that I try getting on all fours. Um, And so I got on all fours and I I got another contraction. And within, I think... I, I think that within that contraction that I was having, I was like easing her head in and out slowly and her head came out. Um, and my husband, he was right behind me and he said it was the weirdest thing because he said that the minute her head came out, she was, her eyes were wide open and she was staring right at him. And he was like, it reminded me of that scene in Men in Black when that alien was born. It's just like all black eyes and he's just staring at him. He's like, it was the freakiest thing ever and so my midwife I could hear her on the phone she's like okay so the head is out and she was like Mike I don't know if you can look maybe check to see if maybe um, there's make sure there's no cord around the neck and so my husband I guess decided to pretend he was a doctor and tried to like put it like I don't know if he was like trying to like stretch I'm like dude do not touch me I don't know internally I'm like I feel like the baby is fine everything feels fine I'm like do not touch me do not touch the baby I feel fine um and the next contraction I had, the baby just like kind of like slid out like jello. I didn't have to push, which was, I was so grateful for. And she was out within, I think, five to 10 minutes of really actual pushing. Um, and she came out and she was silent and she was just looking around. And my my midwife was like, I'm right down the street. I'll be there in a couple of minutes. Um, and... One thing I I forgot to pause and mention here. So at one point when my mom heard me pushing, she had went and called my twin sister to tell her to come. Um, And she also had, um, my mom is, she's very queasy around things that have to do with blood. And so she said that she wasn't going to be in the room when I was in labor because she can't stand to see those kind of things. And she also doesn't like to see her children in pain. So she was standing outside of the room And my sister had called to say that she had made it here. So my mom ran down to go get her. Um, And at that point when my mom had left, the baby ended up being born. And so my sister arrived and my midwife ended up arriving, I think about two to three minutes after the baby had come, or maybe five minutes after the baby had come. And so by the time that everyone had come upstairs, the baby was... uh, she was she was right there, and she was just in my husband's arm, and I was still on all fours. For some reason, I never turned around after she was born. I just kind of stayed in frozen in that position. And I think I was still in a state of shock that the baby was here. It happened so quickly and kind of just in that whole stage of what the what the hell just happened. And I was kind of just frozen and I waited for the midwife, and so when she came, she helped me like flip over. Um, and my husband was sobbing. And I think I also forgot to mention that um, we decided not to find out the gender of the baby or the sex of the baby uh, beforehand. And so the whole time she was still behind me, We obviously I didn't know it was a she. Um, we sat there and I told my husband, like, so what is it? And he was like, oh, I, I, I never looked. I just wrapped her up instantly. And I'm like, so what is it? And he looked and he, he, he it's a girl. And he was sobbing, which is funny because everybody in him, everyone was convinced I was having a boy. And I told my husband, I knew I was having a girl. And he was just sobbing as he held her. And it was the most beautiful, peaceful experience that I've ever gone through. And I think it bonded us so much as a family going through that by ourselves. Although I'm sure it was terrifying terrifying for him being in a situation where like, you're almost like a midwife helping out with, you know, giving birth and he's never been in that situation before. Um, and I had people ask me at any point, did you ever feel scared or nervous? And I don't ever remember feeling scared or even nervous about knowing that my midwife wasn't going to make it um, because I mean, at this point it's going to happen and baby knows what to do and the mom knows what to do. And, and one thing I really appreciated my midwife's telling us when she was walking us through it, um, my husband was asking, oh, what should I do? What should Debbie do? And she was like, she knows what to do. Her body knows what to do. You don't need to guide her. You don't need to help her. She knows what to do. And I think that's really what helped us um, or helped me feel kind of empowered and feel secure about the experience that I had gone through with the midwife not being there. Um, But yeah, so she made my midwife, my sister made it. Um, The second midwife ended up coming and the baby was born at... I 50. So I think my active labor time was somewhere around like five to about five, five and a half hours long. Um, and my placenta ended up coming out that took a little bit longer than I was thinking. I didn't have any bleeding. I didn't tear at all. Um, but the placenta I think came out anywhere between 30 to 40 minutes later. I think almost close to the 30 or 40 minute mark. And my midwife was like, okay, you know, we're, there's no cause for concern, but you know, maybe we should try to do some active measures just to kind of get the placenta coming. Um, and so she had given me some tinctures um, and I was able to start having some, cause I never, I don't think I had many contractions right after the baby was born um, so she gave me some kind of tincture that helped, you know, induce a little bit of contractions and then rubbed my belly and then the placenta just came out. Um, and my daughter lot, like latched on like a champ and she was, she was, she was just perfect. She started, the only thing she had done, like after she was born, she coughed a little, sneezed, and then she started to cry a little bit when she got cold. But it was the most peaceful um, I guess, like, peaceful, healing, craziest moment I've ever had in my entire life.
1: Deborah, this story is amazing. And it's amazing because the human body is amazing. And I hope that when people listen to this, they can really tap into their own intuitiveness, that what you feel and what you think is happening is happening, even as far back as when you first conceived. And when you had inklings, when your body's literally telling you that you're pregnant, like those strong scents, like most people don't realize that's a a sign of pregnancy until like they've had their second, because then you have this full awareness, like, oh my gosh, that's it. And it doesn't have to even be like, (laughs) it doesn't even have to be like a coffee or garlic smell, which are obviously strong, but they're like, hell on wheels if you're pregnant <laughs> like, but exactly. um, and it's for some people but it is for a lot of people like that's like your body is literally saying hey we're pregnant <laughs> um, and
0: I think, yeah exactly right and I think sometimes you know unless you're really intentional about it like you're not I feel like I feel second time around because like, I, you know, obviously I've had another child since then um I feel like the first time when I was pregnant, you're not aware. I I feel like I wasn't aware of my uterus. Yes, I knew I had a uterus, but I wasn't aware of when I felt certain things that it could mean different parts of like my whole um, cycle. And I think now that like you know I've had a child, I'm very aware of like when I feel different things in my uterus. But and I don't ever remember feeling this way when I was before I ever had kids. Like I don't remember feeling hyper aware of my uterus before then Um, so it's just so interesting now that you know you can rely you can rely on your body and I think that's that plays a part in my second time journey. You
1: you hit all the things that people are like does this really happen like the fetal ejection reflex like no you can't actually go through labor without Mm -hmm. pushing that is um, it's real it's true it's not just this myth it's it's what your body has already been designed to do especially when you just leave it alone. Like this was an uninterrupted birth.
0: I definitely think so. Um, I think with definitely with with me feeling safe and it was uninterrupted, I think that's definitely played a part in um, my labor progressing and just, you know, prayerfully, thankfully everything going so well. Um, Just like I I definitely, I felt like that cat, like when, when they're, when they're about to have their babies going into like somewhere dark and just you know, turning into yourself. And I think that's exactly what happened this time around. Like, I just, I didn't want to be bothered by anybody. I didn't want anyone to touch me. I didn't want anyone to even look at me. Um, I just wanted to be by myself and go through this by myself. And I'm very, and I think one thing that I'm very grateful for, like it is, I I will definitely say that it is very possible to have, you know, I I did have a, I, I felt like it was a painful, labor but definitely the delivery part for me was not painless. like it was painless i i don't remember ever feeling in pain yes i felt a little bit of the ring ring of fire um but once i pushed past that it was very painless and i'm very very grateful for that because um i think for a first time mom although like the circumstances weren't what we planned out for it to be Um, The experience itself of it going so well um, just made me feel so great afterwards. And I think it played a part into my postpartum period. Um, I felt so great after birth. Um, I think I ended up taking a nap. And then later on that night, I felt like a new person again. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm on that birth high. I think even the next day I was at Target shopping, which is obviously crazy. But like, I just felt so good. Like, My body didn't hurt. I just felt okay, um, which which was great, um, and I'm so grateful for that. We had I had a really quick recovery. Um, I think my my bleeding lasted less than two weeks, um, and I was feeling like really back to myself, or as much as back to myself, right after um, giving birth, um, and luckily. Our me and my daughter's uh, breastfeeding journey was really really good. Um, she was she loves she loves to nurse. Um, and I I think I forgot to mention. So she wasn't that. I mean my daughter she ended up being um, about eight pounds four ounces. So she wasn't that big. Luckily, um, so that she was a, she was a, a little pudge and she loved to eat.
1: And Deborah, did you plan on sharing your son's birth as well?
0: Yeah yeah definitely. Oh.
1: Well, we can get into that one too then. Let's see. You can talk about how that pregnancy was if you wanted to compare it, like even like any differences between the first and the second.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I found, so we weren't, so I mentioned to my husband that like, you know, thinking about trying to have another baby and I kind of really wanted our kids to be um, pretty close in age. So I think when my daughter was about, um, I think she was about seven months, um, we had an oopsie weekend. I think it was July 4th. This was 2020, um, July 4th weekend, 2020. Um, And I actually got pregnant. Um, Unfortunately, that pregnancy didn't last. I had a miscarriage. Um, and I think after that, I, at that point, when I had gotten pregnant with, when I was, when she was about seven months, I was terrified. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to have two little babies. Um, and obviously I I had miscarriage. And then I think months, a month or so after that, you know, I was talking to my husband and I was like, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, I'm ready to have another baby and, you know, let's just see what happens. Um, and I think when she was somewhere around, I think she must have been about 10 months old um, in October, I found out I was pregnant, um, which was so exciting. Um, I told my husband, I think I told my husband, but like, I gave my daughter the test and my husband had woken up and she gave it, she like was holding it and he like finally noticed and he was like, we're expecting again. And he was excited. And it was it was just so exciting to know that, you know, we're going to have another baby. And I remember when I got pregnant, I told my husband, I feel like we're going to have a boy. I feel like a boy is going to come into our family. Um, he was hoping for a boy. Um, but we decided this time around to not find out, um, which pissed my family off. Because they were like, you did it the first time around. Like, you don't need to do it this time. You know, you know the surprise is over. You're either going to have one or the other. Which, again, I'm like, again, I'm going to have a boy or a girl. It's not going to be some alien. So i i can wait i'm not as i'm not that curious (laughs) and um so shortly after um my daughter was born um my midwife during my pregnancy she had mentioned that she had had cancer and um she was in remission and shortly after i'd given birth i found out that the cancer had come back and it had come back aggressively um And she ended up passing away, I think, at the beginning, February of 2020, so the beginning of the year. So that was pretty hard because we had gotten super close. Um, And so when I got pregnant again, I really felt scared to find another midwife because she was a woman of color. And I'm thinking, how would I find someone who hears me, understands me? And, you know, she was the no-nonsense nonsense type of person that I needed, but she also...
1: Was it Mama Claudia? Yeah.
0: It was Claudia Booker. Yeah, she was my midwife the first time around. Aww. And yeah, it, 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 it killed me when, when she passed. And I think those feelings came up again when I knew I had to look for a new midwife. And it took me a while this time around to find a midwife. Um, So I had ended up going to a birth center to start establishing care um, because I knew I was going to have to take some time to really look for a new midwife. Um, And so early on in this pregnancy, it was a little bit weird. I started to get cramping when I was when about seven weeks. And it was not just like a small little cramp. It was like kind of really deep cramping. And I ended up going to get an ultrasound and everything was fine. And I ended up continuing to have those cramping um, from about seven weeks to about maybe 11 weeks pregnant. Despite everything being fine, I would continue to have those crampings. And I they really didn't know why I was having them. Um, and they ended up going away and everything was fine. Um, but I think after going through like after the cramping stopped um, and just kind of getting used to having a toddler, I was like, okay, let me start looking for a midwife and establishing care with another home birth midwife. Um, And I had interviewed a couple of people and um, I ended up finding one woman I was talking to and she ended up, she knew my old midwife and she had worked with her extensively and we clicked very, very well. So I knew I was going to hire her. Um, just knowing that she had that she knew my midwife and she kind of knew the care that I got with her it was it was it was really comforting to um, have another midwife who knew my other one um, and so after we did that um, one thing I, I I think I really appreciated with this new midwife um, was that you know she was very hippie and all about physiological birth and that's kind of what I needed I think I have, like, I tend to have two different sides. I'm, you know, more hippie and, you know, go with the flow. But then I also need that, like, you know, you need to do this. Like, I I kind of needed that little stickler part. And I think for my birth with my first daughter, I needed that with Claudia because she was that no-nonsense type. Like, she was very straightforward. And I think this time around, not being a first-time mom, I needed that more, what do you feel? How do you, like, you know... She was very knowledgeable, obviously, medicalized, but she also went with what I was feeling and really catered to that, which I really enjoyed this time around. Um, and so I found out I was pregnant in October 2020. And a month later, we actually ended up going into contract and buying a house. Um, and we bought a new build knowing that it was it was a quick new build. So they were able to they would be able to complete the house within about four and a half months. So um, we went into contract in November and I think the house would have been done by April, 2021, late April, 2021. And I was due uh, July 2nd or July, July 2nd or July 3rd of 2021. Um, and it was a, another uneventful pregnancy. I didn't have nausea. Um, I just kind of spent it. Feel I, I struggled with a lot of feelings of being another, being a mom again and knowing that, I think I struggled with the feelings of how will I ever love someone more than I love my first, like I couldn't understand how my heart could expand any further, how it could love somebody more than I love my daughter. And I think I struggled a lot with that and um, struggling with the fact that I knew I was going to miss some parts of her life or her early life because she was so young um, because I was having another baby, and it, it 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 was a painful part, I think, of my pregnancy this time. Just really struggling with those feelings of how am I going to have the capacity to be a mom to, to basically babies, because you know they're basically nonverbal. They're um, when my my second was born, um, my daughter had just turned 19 months, so again, they're essentially still babies. Um, and so yeah, it was just a little emotional throughout my pregnancy. Um, and I think the most stressful part was when I, and when our house was completed and having to move and pack when I was 31 weeks pregnant, um, and having a baby with us. And I worked full, I worked full time and I worked from home. So like I was working full time, packing to move and taking care of a toddler. Cause our daughter stayed home with me. Um, and it was just a lot. Um, on my plate, and we don't have much family around, so that was kind of hard as well. Um, and so, when we ended up moving to the house, that was just like one big thing off my shoulders. And I remember sometime around when I was 34 weeks, um, just because we'd just been moving and we're still unpacking. My husband's like, "You need, you need to go, you know, get some rest and you know, relax." And so he had drawn me a bath. And prior to this point, I, um, we had had midwives appointments and the baby was head down. And when I was taking, when I was soaking in the tub at this point, I felt big movements from the baby. And I knew it in my, my heart that he had flipped from being head down to breach. Um, and I could feel it over the course of the next few days, um, like you could feel the head right under my rib cage and it was harder to breathe. And I felt more uncomfortable than I had, had felt um, days prior. Um, and I think th- four days, three or four days later, I ended up having my midwife appointment um, and I was telling my midwife what I was kind of feeling and she started to feel around and she was like the baby's breech, which in my heart, my, like my stomach sank. And I was like, my biggest fear is like having to go get a C-section or knowing that I might have to go to the hospital if this baby doesn't flip. And so she looked at me, she said, everything's okay. You still have plenty of time. Um, and she was like, I can flip. She, she pulled out her, um, she had a portable um, ultrasound. So she was checking the baby on the position and she was like, I can flip the baby. And I was like, right here. And she was like, I can. And I was like, okay, let's do it luckily at this point um, my daughter had needed a nap and so my husband was putting her up to sleep because I know that if my husband had watched her flip the baby he would have he would have he would have freaked out and so like my midwife like she like lured my stomach up and it was nice and greasy and it was weird she just like she's so skilled at what she was doing flipped him over and I could see it and it was the most simple but like scary moment and she flipped him and then checked to make sure his vitals were fine and he was she monitored monitored him for a while and it was fine and luckily that's how we were able to flip the baby um and so during during those next few weeks i was just like very cautious about making sure like i was not leaving because i mean after you have one kid your, your uterus is a little bit more stretchy so like i was just trying to make sure that like, i try and keep this baby in the perfect position i was trying not to do too much and i was on my bouncy ball all the time just to make sure that the baby stayed head down um and i think towards I, one thing i also forgot to mention i was i was measuring really big um during this pregnancy and i think by 34 34 36 weeks, the baby was measuring somewhere close to like a 40 week baby. It was, and I could feel it. Um, The baby was low. I could feel that it was different. Um, The baby felt just big. Um, And on top of that, it didn't help that I could not stop eating like the worst foods. (laughs) Um, And um, my mom had planned again, this, this time she was going to come around when I was 39 weeks from Haiti and when I was about 36, 37 weeks, I I could sense that I don't think I was going to hold on till I was like 40 or 40, 40 plus weeks. And I was starting to call my mom. I'm like, I think we're going to need to get you to come here sooner rather than later. Um, just, I don't feel like I'm going to be able to hold on. I don't think this baby's going to hold on. So she changed her flight, and my mom was able to come, I think, when she, when I just turned. I think about 38 weeks. Um, And my midwife had come a few days prior to me turning 38 weeks. And she was checking everything, um, touching my belly. And she was like, the baby seems extremely low. She's like, when did you say your mom was coming? And I was like, she's coming in a few days. She's coming. She's coming. They're like, okay, we're just gonna hope, you know, it holds on. And I think another thing I was also battling this time around was the thought that I might have a quick labor, because they always say that the second time around can be half the time of the first labor. And that one that freaked me out a little bit. Um, when I ended up moving and buying this house, it added an additional about hour from where my midwife um, lives. And so that was another concern. Um, and she knew that as a concern in case I had a fast labor. So one thing that we ended up doing was adding a second midwife who lived in between um, all three of us, and so she would get to me faster in case my first midwife didn't make it. And the second, the second midwife they ended up adding for my care happened to be the second midwife that was there for my first birth. So I was just like, oh, like, this is meant to be, like this is perfect, and I felt so comfortable with her. Um, so I was, I was, I was excited. Um, but my mom ended up coming um, by the time I was, I think I was thirty or maybe. A few days after 38 weeks, um, I think, or maybe four days before, five days before I was 39 weeks, um, which was great. Such a great help to have her. Um, And I think the night before I turned 39 weeks, this was June 24th, I started to, um, I just started feeling that, like, I'm like, it's time. The baby needs to come. Like, I feel so uncomfortable. And that night was a full moon. And I was looking at it and we and my husband were talking. I'm like, the baby has to come tonight. Like it's a full moon. Like, there's no way this baby's not coming tonight. And so we put our daughter down, and that whole night we spent it walking around our neighborhood, um, doing curb walking, everything. But again, I I felt fine, nothing happened. Um, and so we got ready for bed like usual. Um, and then I started to um, diffuse Clary Sage, and I had been diffusing Clary Sage for I think somewhere close to a week by now, and nothing happened. And the whole time, I'm holding on to the thought that my labor is going to start the same way it started with my daughter. And I think I was holding on to everything that happened with my daughter. That I know, I feel like it has to happen. And I think that was kind of, it, it, I think it kind of closed me Um, because I wasn't open to accepting that something else is going to happen. This is a whole different child. This is a whole different experience. Um, And so I was like just waiting. I'm like, my mucus plug is going to pop out, but my mucus plug had never come yet. So I'm like, that's how labor is going to start. My mucus plug is going to pop out just like it did the first time. And of course it didn't. Um, That night we went to bed around like 11 and at 3 a.m. I woke up and I was pissed because I wasn't in labor. (laughs) And... Like I was just annoyed. I think I was just genuinely annoyed. I'm like, I'm not in labor. This is really annoying. Like, and I had this baby was super active, like always like doing gymnastics, like the whole time. And I was just like, I'm just annoyed. I'm just I'm tired. I'm big. I just need to get this baby out. And I'm laying there and I was like, you know what? Sexy time. So like I woke up my husband and (laughs) this had to have been somewhere around like 3.30. I woke up my husband and we got sexy time started. And like the whole time I felt very uncomfortable, which I never felt that whole way doing sexy time during pregnancy. And this time it felt very, very uncomfortable. And so we were we were done. And after that, I started to instantly get Braxton Hicks. And so obviously this is my second time around. I knew it was Braxton Hicks and not contractions or birth contract, labor contractions. And I was getting them about every five minutes and they really, really hurt. And at one point I started to feel it in my back. And I was like, that's a weird ex- feeling because the first time around, anytime I had contractions, I only felt them in the front. This time I was having Braxton Hicks, but then I felt, it in, I felt pain in my back. Um, and at 4 a.m. I, I was telling my husband, he's like, you know, maybe you just like, you know, after, you know, we did it, your sex, you know, you're just feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Let's just relax. I don't think you're in labor. And I was like, I don't know, this feels a little bit different. So I was like, let's just call my midwife and let her know, especially because she lives so far away. Um, So we called my midwife and, you know, it's it's funny because I'm like, she obviously knows how this baby got here. I'm like embarrassed to tell her, like, she asked me what was going on. And I'm like so embarrassed to tell her that we were having sex despite the fact that, like, I'm pregnant. I obviously, that's how it got here. (laughs) Um, And so like, I tell her, and so she's like, you know, sex can cause contractions. So, you know, let's monitor it and see what happens. She's like, the minute you know something changes, call me and I'll be on my way and I'll send the midwife as well, the other midwife. And I was like, okay, cool. So she, um, the contractions, I after a while, I started to not only feel them on my back, but I started feeling them in my front and I knew instantly that this was labor. Um, I My husband went and called my mom and let her know and, he called my I called my sister. I'm like, this time she's gonna make it to the birth. Um, I really wanted to video the birth this time because I didn't have anything for the first time around except for after the baby was born, which was really disappointing. Um, and so my sister like sped over here and she was at my house by like 5 a.m. and The whole time I was starting to have these contractions, um, my husband started, he jumped into like complete labor mode and I think he was overcompensating for what happened the first time around, not really being there. Um, And he started to get the birth tub ready. He was filling it up, getting the bed made and getting everything ready, which was, it was so interesting to see him in this role, more confident this time. Um, and my mom has this nervous tick for some reason, anytime I'm in labor, she like starts to do laundry and like, so she's like, I can hear the laundry machine going. And she started to make my favorite meal. Like I always want after birth is like this healing Haitian stew. And so I could hear her starting to get that going. Um, and so my sister made it around 5am and I was having contractions. And 100%, I was feeling them in my back, and that scared me because I never experienced that the first time around. And, you know, I listened to so many different birth stories, and then whenever I would hear women talk about um, when they felt it in their back, they described it as the worst feeling that they could ever feel, like their back was breaking, and I was starting to get that feeling. Um, But I didn't know how to vocalize it. I I didn't know how to say, like, I'm feeling this in my back, or like, I, I don't... Those words escaped me, and when my second midwife arrived, I think a little bit after five thirty, um, she could instantly tell. So, like whenever I went into labor, like I this time around, I didn't run to the bathroom. But every time I went into, or every time I had a contraction, I would get on my um, knees and I would hang on the edge of my bed and just squeeze my pillow, and that was the only thing that felt good at that time. And just the way I guess maybe I was like squirming around, she asked me, like, do you feel it in your back? And I was like, yes, that's exactly where I'm feeling it. And I don't know why. And so she came and like, was putting counter pressure and squeezing my hips. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this feels like an epidural. This feels so good. It relieved so much pain. Um, And so she taught my husband how to do that, um, you know, whenever I was having contraction to squeeze my hips or press down on my lower back. And that really helped although it kind of more so took the edge off, even though you could still feel it. Um, and I think sometime around maybe 6 a.m., I had had a bagel um, when I was in earlier early, or I think an hour or so prior. And um, by the time I mid my second, my first mid, my second midwife, sorry, had made it, um, I think 30 minutes or so after, I instantly got the spins and I had to throw up. And instantly in my head, I was like, this happened the first time around and that meant I was in transition. And so like, I, I threw up and I was like, Oh my gosh, like labor is like moving. Like I'm about to have this baby soon. And it's only been what an hour and a half. Like, this is so exciting. Um, so I threw up and I was still having contractions. My midwife asked me, she's like, so do you feel like the baby's about to come soon? And I was like, no, I don't. But I threw up. So that must mean that the baby's coming. And. So like I spent the whole that whole time in a state of confusion, and so she asked me, "Do you want me to check you?" Um, and I had never been checked before. I was never checked my first time around, whether it was pregnancy or when I was in labor. And so this time she was like, "Would you like to be checked?" And I was like, "Sure, maybe it'll give me some clarity about where I am in the stage of labor." Um, and that was very uncomfortable. I I was like, "People get checked multiple times throughout labor. Like this is horrible. Like." It was such an uncomfortable feeling. Um, but she checked me and she was like, So you're at a three, a barely a three. And I was like, Are you serious? Because I'm having contractions that are, you know, every two to three minutes. But this time around, my contractions weren't lasting a minute to a minute and a half like they were the first time around. They were only lasting anywhere between 30 to 40 seconds. And throughout the whole labor, that's how long my labor, my contractions lasted, and I, you know, I think that was a grace because if I was having minute, minute and a half contractions with back labor, I think I would have been a lot more miserable um, having to endure that for that long. Um, having it thirty to forty seconds really helped. It was still very painful, but it it helped um, mentally for me. Um, And so when she mentioned that I was only three centimeters, I instantly got discouraged um, because I was feeling a lot of pain. And I'm like, I definitely don't think I'm going to be able to have a I don't think I'll be able to last if this is progressing as slow than it did the first time I in my mind. And um, so I was laying in bed. My husband was laying off the edge and I ended up drifting off to sleep for about an hour And I think that really helped me relax Um, because by the time I woke up, I remember seeing my first, my, my main midwife came into the room and she asked me, she's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. At this point I was just annoyed. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how I'm doing. Um, And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. You know, look at me. She's like, I can check you if you feel like you really need clarity about where you are. We don't need to, but I can do that. If you, if you really feel confused, cause I was telling her, I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. My my mucus plug still hasn't come out. I'm having these contractions, but if I'm only at a three, like what's going on? And so she checks me and she's like, you're at a seven, a a very loose seven. And I was like, okay, we're on. Like that was the boost of energy that I need. I'm like, if I progress to a seven, a three in like a little less than an hour. I'm excited. Like it was the boost of confidence that I needed. And this time around, I really wanted to try a water birth because I didn't try it the first time around. Um, and so she was like, you're at a seven. If you want, you can hop into the tub or whenever you feel ready, you can hop in. Um, and so I jumped in with all the hopes that this was going to make every pain go away. And it didn't, it was it like, it was honestly too hot like I was already sweating because I was in labor. And then I get in and I feel like I'm being cooked like a turkey. And I was like, I didn't last that long in the tub. I think I was only in there for 30 minutes or so. And the whole time I couldn't feel centered. I just felt like I was floating and I didn't know what was going on. And my midwife's asking me, like, do you feel the need to push? Are you feeling any pressure? And at this point, I'm like, I'm already like, I'm depleted. My back feel like it's splitting in half still getting contractions every two to three minutes. I'm done. I'm getting out of the tub. This isn't working for me. And I can't push this way, which was disappointing because I really wanted to experience like a water birth. Um, But I knew, I I, I think inside, I knew that it wasn't going to work for me. I just, I needed leverage. I need to feel secure and planted in order to push effectively um, for myself. And so then I ended up getting out after about half an hour. And I think this had to have been coming up around 8 a.m. I was starting to feel um, just very confused. I still haven't, I still hadn't passed my mucus, I well, I think I still hadn't passed my mucus plug. My water hadn't broken. um, And I was just, I had no idea where I was. I wasn't feeling the urge to push. And she was like, if you want, you can do some practice pushes. Um, which I tried to do, but it just felt uncomfortable. I'm like, if my body doesn't feel the need to push, it just doesn't feel good to push. Um, And she was like, that's fine. Um, And I told her, I think sometime around like 8.30, after laying on the bed, I, I think I said I had to go pee or something. And I got up, I went to the bathroom to go pee And I knew that if I had gone on the toilet, like this would have probably progressed a lot faster had I actually gone to sit on the toilet. Um, But the minute I sat, I peed, which it probably could have been like my, like my bladder could have been just, you know, it probably was full and was maybe um, blocking the baby from, you know, descending properly down. Um, And so the minute I peed, my water broke in the toilet and I yelled my water broke and I knew it was time to go. I started to get intense, intense contractions on the toilet. Um, My midwife, my both my midwives came into the bathroom. My husband had come in and my twin sister came into the bathroom and she was filming at this point. And I'm sitting on the toilet, like a sweaty mess. And I'm just like, like started to get those, like the feeling was, was uh, definitely familiar. Like I started to have those like deep moans, those grunting sounds shifting side to side off the, on the toilet. And my midwife was like, so it seems like you're probably going to deliver on the toilet. We can, well, we can try and do it on the toilet or we can try and move you to the squatty potty or the squat, not squatty potty. I think it was a squat stool or something like that. Um, and at this point, I'm like, I don't want to move. Like I feel so uncomfortable. And again, I felt, I went down and I felt, and I was like, am I swollen or is that the baby? And of course they go and check it's the baby and I'm not swollen. Um, and so during my contraction, everyone was trying to help me move. And I'm like, dude, I'm contracting. I am not getting off this freaking toilet. Stop annoying me. Like I'm not getting off. And they waited till my contraction was old, uh, over, and they're like, um, we really think that we should kind of you know maybe push you or, or move you over into this the stool but it'll you know it' still feel like you're on the toilet." So they were able to help like kind of like drag me over to this um stool and I was sitting on it, and I started to get those pushing contractions and this time was a lot of it was a lot more painful than the first time around. I remember being in a lot, a lot of pain um, and pushing was extremely difficult at this point. Um, And I I found out why, um, but when I was pushing him out I remember like I would have to, I would slowly easing his head out and it took over the course of I think two contractions just to really ease, slowly ease his head out because my huge fear of mine was tearing. And I'm like, I really don't want to tear. And I knew in my heart that this baby was a lot bigger. Um, so I was really trying to go slow. My midwife was looking at me because obviously when you're in a lot of pain, um, you're it's, it's natural to just try and push through that and like really, you can really cause damage if you're not like trying to be intentional. And so my midwife was like, let's slow it down. Let's, you know, breathe because you want to ease this baby out. And so after he eased out after about two contractions and his head was out and I heard her say, he's L-O-T and he'd come out, his head was completely sideways. And I think that's what was causing obviously the back labor and a lot of pain for him pushing out. Um, and so just like the first time around, you know, I didn't have to push her body out. I just thought like that when the next contraction came, it would just, you know, jello out the baby like it did the first time. And when the when I started having a contraction, I heard my move, my midwife was like, "Teddy, are you gonna push?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, you, "You you I think you're gonna have to push this baby out." I screamed my head off as I got his bot pushed his body out, and it was painful. <laughs> it was so painful having to push those shoulders, and he was a beefy kid. And the minute he came out, I stood. I shot straight up and my midwife was like, Debbie, sit back down. We don't want the cord because my husband caught the baby because he was crouched right under me and he caught him. And uh, she was like, you know, sit down. We don't want the cord to tear because I, the way I just shot up after he like came out. Um, so I ended up sitting back down and my husband passed me the baby and he was screaming, it's a boy, it's a boy. And he was sobbing. Um, my husband tends to be a lot more emotional (laughs) during labor than I do. And I was just like still in shock. Um, And he just looked like a beef patty. Like he was a hefty baby. Like he looked like a baby that was at least like a few weeks old. Um, And my midwife's looking at him, she's like, he looks like a, maybe a 10 pounder. Um, But again, he came out just like my daughter, very quiet. And I don't think he had, I don't think he realized that he was born yet. He didn't really make any noise. Um, His eyes were still closed. He was kind of like still sleeping a little bit. Um, And so like, you know, I was like asking if this was fine. And my midwives were like, yeah, you know, it takes some babies some time to realize that they're out in the real world. Um, And so she, you know, was helping me like, you know, do some motions just to kind of help you know, get his lungs going. Um, and he cried afterwards, but just a little bit. And he was just, it was just so sweet. And almost instantly after um, the baby came out, I think within like the next couple of minutes or so, my placenta ended up coming out. And I, cause I remember feeling like an uncomfortable, globby feeling. And I was like, I think something's coming out. And my husband went down and reached down and caught it with his hands. And it was so funny. And my midwife's like, oh, that's why we call you the mid-husband. <laughs> and uh he caught the placenta and my daughter had just woken up so he was born right before 9 a.m so I think around like 8 50 or so um so in total I think I pushed for about 10 or so minutes active pushing for 10 minutes um and then after that my daughter came in My, my mom brought my daughter in and she looked at the baby she looked at my placenta that was in a bowl and she walked out I bet she I feel like she was like yeah this is a no for me I will see you when you get cleaned up (laughs) and I was like that's not the family moment that I was expecting to happen (laughs) but yeah after that my midwife let us have like you know family time where we could just bond and it was Um, another just healing moment. I think that's one thing that I really enjoy about home birth is like, after that, you just go to sleep in your own bed and you don't really have that many like disruptions. You know, the midwife stayed for like, I think my midwife stayed for about like an two hours or something after the baby was born and, and then they give you your family privacy time. And that was, it was so great to have that because we um, had the baby with us and my daughter got to see him and she was like, wow, baby and stuff like that. And it was just, it was such a sweet moment. Um, and when we finally weighed him, he was nine pounds, two ounces. And I was like, born exactly at 39 weeks. I'm like, can you imagine if I had gone 40? I'm like, you could have been, or even over 40. I'm like, you could have been almost a 10 pound baby. And I think my body knew it was time for him to get out or I don't know, but I was very grateful for um, this birth experience. I think it challenged me in a way, um, challenged and prepared me in a way to realize that I couldn't continue to hold on to those feelings of experiences that I had with my daughter and to realize that, you know, it's a completely different human being. He has different preferences, thoughts, and that helped me let go of that because everything I wanted to do was the same way I did it with my daughter. Cause I'm like, you know, she was a unicorn baby. Everything was perfect. Um, I want to do everything the same exact way. And I, I, you know, second time around I, this birth experience led me to believe that like everything is going to be different about this child. It's a whole different soul, a whole different being. And I think that experience helped me push for that new motherhood stage of learning a whole different being and, you know, learning to be more flexible because I tend not to be a person that's flexible. I liked everything to be a certain way. If I have an expectation, I like it to go to that expectation. And this birth, and I think both my birth experiences definitely helps me release that control because in birth, you're not in control, ever hardly in control.
1: There's a lot to be said about that. Just as you said, like that second glimpse into motherhood, as you were already thinking, how will I have the capacity for this? And what is this going to look like? And he essentially told you right there at labor, like I am different and this is not going to (laughs) be the same rodeo. Um, And that's that. as, as hard as I know that birth was for you, just by you describing it and like having had this peaceful kind of even leading up to it was peaceful, but it's just that back labor can be challenging. If there's anyone out there expecting and you, you know, experience back labor, know that it usually is a sign that there's something going on with baby's position, right? And that you can back baby out. There's different techniques. Please get a doula if you can, or, you know, even just doing things on your own to help, um, backing baby out. Remember, just as we talked about physiological birth, like if you want the baby to go the opposite direction and try again, you have to move your body the opposite yep. direction. Um, so they can try again. Um, so yeah, right. I could see how that would be just rough at that end part. And then seeing like, okay, well at least there's some some part of of course is the malpositioning of the baby. But then he was also a big baby, right? <laughs> yeah, he was he was a massive <laughs> It was, it was, yeah, it
0: it definitely is. Uh, I think, yeah, it was definitely, he was mispositioned um, and, you know, his size, he was, he was a big baby. And I think one of the biggest differences between my first pregnancy and my second, first time around, I did chiropractic care throughout the whole time. And I think that helped keep the baby in the ideal position. I think that also helped with having a painless delivery this time around, I didn't do it. I was just so busy, caught up with life, moving and everything. I never got a chance to go to the chiropractor and never got positioned. And I definitely think that, you know, played a part in him not being aligned perfectly um, for the ideal birth experience that you want. So definitely, (laughs) I always say that to my sister. I said it to my sisters after that. I'm like, go to the chiropractor, go to the chiropractor. It'll definitely help. Um, Or even like, yeah, back labor is a huge sign that you know, the baby definitely is not positioned correctly. And you may be in for a rough, it might be a rough pushing stage. Um, and that definitely was the case for me this time around.
1: Yeah. Do you have any other advice for our listeners, whether it be um, any resources that you utilized or just experiences from your own birth that you want people to hold on to?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of like before um, I gave with I, with birth pregnancies, a lot of the times, one thing that I, before I found birth stories in color, um, I was huge into the birth hour. So one thing that I, I knew I, was, I, I desired to have a home birth. So I listened to a lot of positive home birth stories. I watched a lot of positive home birth videos. Um, I did research. And I think one thing is knowledge can help even though like sometimes your brain goes blank in labor, it helps you to not be alarmed. Because I definitely think that if I wasn't aware of birth, even the first time, you know, having an unassisted home birth, I would have been scared if I really didn't understand how birth works or um, knowing that your body knows what to do. I would have probably would have freaked out, called 911 and, you know, it would have been a different experience. Um, I definitely think first time parents is to, a first time mom or parents is to definitely get educated um, be thoughtful about your care. just because you have an OB that you've had in your whole life or something like that doesn't mean that that's the person that you have to have for your labor. because I've gone back to see my OBs. They just didn't do my care during pregnancy or they didn't deliver my babies. Uh, do what you need to do for yourself. One big thing is block out people who have those horror stories. Everybody always wants to offer up their horror stories and that can, you may not realize it, but those things stay in your mind. Um, I was very intentional about never listening. If someone had a horror story, you know, especially when I was pregnant, I mean, I I would respectfully tell them, you know, I know you had a rough experience. Um, I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but like, you know, that's not what I want for me right now. So, you know, I can't listen to the story or listen to your story about it right now, but, um, you know, we can talk about it after I give birth. But I just want to keep protect my space. I want to protect my mental space. Um, so yeah, I, I watched. I listened to a lot of podcasts, um, birth stories, watch a lot of birth videos. Um, I read Ina May Gar I, Ina May. I know Ina May, Sorry, Ina Mae Gaskins. Um, child. I think the childbirth guide or whatever. I read that book, um, the business of being born. But I think yeah. Educating yourself is one of the biggest things that um, I think has been helpful. And even with my siblings, my, my twin sister ended up having a baby early this year. Um, one of the biggest things I've always impressed on her is like, you know, just because someone tells you something, you can always find out more information. Research, know your options, know that you have rights. Just because someone says if a doctor tells you that you have to do something, you may necessarily, you don't necessarily have to. Um, and just being an advocate for yourself. Um, that's one of the biggest things that, um, that I could impart onto any new
1: mom or parents. Thank you. Thank you so much, Deborah. Your stories are going to be inspirational. (laughs) I already know that It, it is. It's going to be something that people can tap into. And I do love the fact that you shared that first time moms, you know, having quick labors. I know that was something that was important to you to make sure that because you are often told like, oh, this is gonna take a while. This is your first time. And and that's not always the case with with everyone. That's not everyone's case. And you need to really tap in to what your body is doing and speak up if you can. (laughs) Yes, definitely don't don't be a me. (laughs) Speak up. Definitely
0: (laughs) one thing you can learn is like, you know, definitely trust trust your intuition. You know better Mm -hmm. before anybody else. Um, what's going on and if something doesn't feel right um, and trust in that tap in Mm -hmm. that and advocate for yourself Mm -hmm. because I mean I think a thing that led me not to speak up so I'm like I'm fearing that someone's not going to believe me and you know that's a sucky feeling to have especially because it led to me having an unassisted birth but um, Mm -hmm. yeah definitely advocate for yourself and first-time moms don't always have really really long labors Uh, my twin sister actually had a shorter she just had her first baby had a shorter labor than me she was in labor for about three mm-hmm. hours. That's
1: um, um, so, oh, a family thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my eldest sister had two day labor. So, like, it.
1: Okay. It, all all right. <laughs> my, mom, my mom's thing.
0: like, you guys are not normal. Because for me, I was, she's like, you guys all have no like pregnancies that are like you're not sick i was sick every single day with all of my kids i was i threw up from the day i found out i was pregnant to the day i gave birth my labors were long i don't know about you guys i was like no it's a twin thing definitely <laughs>
1: <laughs> you guys are starting a new thing for the family okay. okay thanks for listening to birth stories in color to hear this show and other episodes head to birthstoriesincolor.com